The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to the show. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Jer Gilwright from Off the Ball is with me. Um, the guys are in action this weekend. Jer, another warm up game before the uh, big World Cup victory coming up uh, later in the year. Or I, I, year? I, I can't year. wait until we win the World Cup and uh, and the cup gets brought to Kenny and you'll have your kids right there and you'll be sure, sitting the minute sure, if sure, you sure. if you can. You'll be putting the lid on their on their heads. And why not? You know what? There'll be plenty of boards. Plenty of room aboard the bandwagon at that stage. Uh, I, you assume that I will only be clambering aboard the bandwagon post World Cup victory. I'll be uh, before the group stage even begins. I'll be, in I mean, I'll be I'll be singing Ireland's call with gusto. Do we have to win the Grand Slam first? Um, is that the is that a tipping point for you? Uh, yeah, I'll get if we win the Grand Slam, then I'll get on the bandwagon. Then if we don't win the Grand Slam, I'll wait until uh, late July. They're, they've played a really <laughs> I've thought about this a really smart long game with Ireland's call in that it's on the curriculum for preschoolers Do your, did your preschoolers learn Ireland's call? do they no. sing it? oh right no well, no, they didn't are you sure? yeah I bet you now if you were to burst into a, an owl few bars you think that it, they'll sing along? I think they'll know it yeah really? yeah and, they, but, um, and is it kind of a like a hypnosis thing? You know what I mean? They don't even realise they're singing it. It's like, uh, hello, no, it's, hello, it's mother. Done with gusto. <laughs> um, so your, do your kids know Ireland's call? Oh, they, I learned it in preschool, yeah. And, um, and I, all of my colleagues' kids learned it in preschool as well, so I'm, I'm shocked. Maybe there's like a specific, we don't do football and we certainly don't do Ireland's call in Kilkenny. Yeah, there's no, like a, no, my kids definitely didn't because they've learned our on the veen. Uh, and they know that in, and it would have come up in conversation that they know the other anthem and I would have said what other anthem no in in, in primary school right, they didn't so, but they should have done it before then maybe no, they okay. didn't sorry like that sort of nonsense stops when you get to the, like M- the Burks, when, you? when you get to the M50 Jared, that sort of nonsense I don't think it does I don't think it does you're right sorry the Klongos of this world they exist outside the M50 but uh, certainly once you get further down the country you know uh, there's going to be an all Kildare backline at some point playing for Ireland in the near future and half of them won't have started their careers in uh, public schools, private schools, whatever. Yeah, but it's still the exception that proves the rule, isn't it? I don't I, Yeah, look, at it, it, look it absolutely is. They, they, they uh, still funnel all their best players through the school system because the school system has access to loads of money that they don't then have to pay for themselves. It's yeah. like a brilliant business model where rich daddies and mammies pick up the bill for the training and the analysis and the physio and the extracurricular kicking coach and the IRFU and Leinster don't have to pay for any of that and they're like, well, you keep doing that, lads. Yeah. And so look, I mean, it's genius from that perspective. You'll get a lot of people complaining that, oh, they haven't spread the net wide enough but the net has been spread pretty wide. Like some of the best young hurlers and footballers and soccer players are picked up and, you know, the schools all say that they don't pay any they don't pay any scholarships. They they charge the same money, and I'm sure they do. Yeah, and let's, whatever the school system, certainly rugby clubs these days are full at underage level of a greater mix of people than they were when I was a kid. When I was a kid, mostly I played a little bit under whatever eights, nines, tens, that sort of stuff. Most of the people you're playing with, like they're playing because their dads played or whatever it happened to be. There's a lot less of that now. Yeah, there's a, there's a real mix. The same a- lads who are playing hurling and camogie or whatever it happens to be There's on been a tipping point Saturday or playing rugby on Sunday. Where the numbers at that level yeah. around the rugby clubs have begun to... Well, I mean, when you think about it, like uh, it's not a very sustainable business only selling tickets to people who went to five or six schools. So you yeah. need to broaden it. And then there were... Like rugby, if you look at the situation in Wales and even the situation in England, 
there's still a core of Alekadoos who came through the same system who all think each other is great and who basically love the smell of their own farts. And then there's a bunch of professionals who are coming in going, oh my God, why can't we just do things like a normal organisation would do? And so Ireland is not immune from that, but we've certainly had some good people through the system that have managed to broaden it to the point now where... Back to the actual rugby this weekend. They're playing Italy. Yeah, Gary Ringrose is out injured. Um, that kind of news has come through in the, the last 24 mm. hours, in just this morning properly. And Bad injury? Um, I actually don't know. I, I know he's, he's gone for this game. And I think that uh, all of a sudden what was a, a gimme-ish... You're just ah, like, it's still a gimme, isn't it? Well, you don't have your first choice scrum half. You don't have your first choice out half. You don't have your first choice centre. You've got uh, a, a newish captain in James Ryan. You know, uh, they should win. They, they're double-digit point favourites. They should absolutely win. And if you're the best team in the world, you go and you take care of your business and you win by 12 to 15 points and away you go. And you just hope that uh, no significant injuries happen ahead of the last two games. But really, this is all about the World Cup. Right, we want a home Grand Slam. We want to win that in Dublin on uh, Paddy's weekend. It'll be very interesting to see what the reaction of the city is. Does it shrug its shoulders or does it go, yes, this is a mag party. Let's go green. Let's, you know, mm. let's dye the river green. Does that happen anyway? Or I don't you, think, no, I don't think you, they do that here. Can you tell the difference? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, like, I'd love to see what the response is like from the Irish sports public who aren't the rugby fans if we were to win a home Grand Slam on Paddy's weekend. So it's a yeah. big moment. We've what never... do you suspect? What, what do you suspect the reaction's going to be? I think that the vast majority of people actually really like watching Ireland be good at stuff. Yeah. And I think that there is still a right. cohort of um, soccer fans and GA fans who hate rugby and what they would perceive it to stand for. You're, you're never going to reach them. And I know I kind of play up into it. But you, like, sorry, I do love watching them do well. And I watch them even when they're not doing well, would you believe? And um, But you're never going to reach them. It's like the old political uh, calculation you make. You're never going to convince some voters to vote for you. So don't waste you're, your time. There's voters who will always vote for you, no matter what you do. And it's the voters in between you've got to convince at election time. And it's the same in this. It's the, Those are the fans that you need to get on board. The kind of, the fans who, in between grandstands of the World Cup and when there's, when there's autumn internationals, they crack jokes about them being friendlies. Yeah. But, you know, you want to get them on side. The uh, original. They are kind of our friendlies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I look, you know. Anyway, anyway, listen, we will move on. Um, they are playing Italy uh, this weekend uh, in the middle fixture, as it were, in the Six Nations. Um, let's talk about football. Carabao Cup final. Yeah, so the Carabao Cup final, a novel pairing, Manchester United versus Newcastle United. Uh, tickets on the black market going for over £1,000. Newcastle haven't been in a final, uh, I think, since 1999. And um, this is the first, this is the arrival of the team with the money. The Saudi team. So they're never going away now, right? The Saudi money, as we know, is literally limitless. They can pour as much money as they want into it and they'll take whatever legal ramifications there are for that and that will be forever and ever. That's immutable because the money keeps coming out of the ground faster than they can actually spend it. Uh, On the other side, Manchester United, uh, the club is up for sale at the moment so the fans are hopeful that maybe they won't end up in Qatari hands, but they might. Uh, And yet the team is also good. So you've got this kind of flowering of optimism around Manchester United. And again... They have been in some finals over the last decade and a half and it was never quite with the same sense of progress that we have at the moment. Yeah. So Mourinho won stuff. Uh, Louis van Gaal won an FA Cup final. He got sacked immediately afterwards. It was always, it always felt like... Do you know what? It was always like this allowed a manager to save face. It allowed Mourinho or van Gaal or whoever happened to be to say, oh, listen, I've won a tournament. But that was kind of it. Whereas this is first season, comes in, revolutionises 
bad players are suddenly good. Good players are suddenly absolutely great. Ronaldo's gone. He's the boss, right? And that's the consensus is that nothing happens in the club now without him, you know, on the football side, nothing happens without him having full say on it. And we always felt like somebody somewhere, like Mourinho would have said that people were spinning against him and they won't help me. And I was like, well, you're, you're supposed to be in charge. Yeah. And Van Gaal, obviously, as we said, got sacked in the lift after winning the cup final. And it was kind of, he was gone. But this is like the flowering of a new manager. And if he was to win, I think there'd be an outpouring of uh, the good times are back. Uh, we won't dwell on it, but I mean, uh, what... Uh, or where is the smart money in terms of ownership? Will, will they sell to Qatar? If, oh, the, yeah. if the bid is higher, oh, the, yeah. the Glazers will sell it to Qatar. And and not think twice. So long as yeah. the money is real and it's like, and this is like a proper member of the Qatari royal family and the, he actually has the money he says he has and once the due diligence is done, uh, once the money gets sucked into the account the keys will be handed over to Old Trafford and it'll be see you later, Sayonara. Thanks very much. All right. Uh, listen, uh, before you go, um, National League hurling in football much more excitement around the football but there often is well the hurling championship largely got fixed when yeah. Galway went to Leinster yeah and now that there's a round robin it's not straight knockout and it's not like a, a bastardised backdoor and the Munster hurling championship is real proper cutthroat mm-hmm. so their league they were like oh you'll all play each other now and then you'll all play each other again and then you might all play each other again after that like it's possible if you're a Clare and Limerick you could play four times you could play in the league you play in the round robin you play in the Munster final you could play in the All-Ireland final Yeah, that's a lot of Clare and Limerick matches right? so, so there's much more it, there, it, there's an incentive to shadow box in the league you can't in uh, hurling obviously you've got to find new players and you've got to test the, the strength in depth of your squad and you've got to make sure that your conditioning is trending in the right direction with the football this year I actually I have a half-baked theory that there's a, a, a possibility that somebody could go on a run and find form and hit a peak that other teams can't catch. And so for the first time in a long time, there's a possibility, it's a small one, that we might not have a Kerry or Dublin win. So obviously Tyrone managed that that one year when they uh, largely came from nowhere. But there's a, a strong sense this year that Derry could reach a level, that Galway could reach a level. And uh, I, I just feel like they're going to be able to bounce from this league because this league goes straight to the provincial championships, which are completely irrelevant this year. And then on to the uh, round robin where... There's going to be uh, 16 teams down to basically 12. So sorry, and is, is is your theory based on just the truncated season? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah you, you, that your form so, coming out of the league is much like, easier to maintain into championship because it comes it, around quicker. Ross Common have won the first three games and I think uh, people expect them to fall off now as other teams catch up over the next five or six weeks. But what if they actually just do a Leicester on this and just keep winning? Like, that's possible in a year. They don't have to go until September. They have to go until the end of June to suddenly be in an All-Ireland quarterfinal. Yes. And when you're in an All-Ireland quarterfinal with form behind you and everybody feeling themselves and like squad depth probably going to be very important. But if you get lucky with injuries, then all of a sudden the, the teams who are like... Uh, so Dublin are used to waiting until July to yes. be good. The All-Ireland's are going to be over basically by that stage. If you If you only come good at that point this year... Obviously, their strength and conditioning and their science is so well advanced that they know that and they've pulled everything forward from previous seasons. But I just, I just wonder if there's not an outside chance this year that we have a, a proper outsider win the All-Ireland who haven't been a, a contender over the last couple of years. I mean, it's a stretch for me to claim to be Ireland's number one rugby supporter come July. I definitely can't claim to be Ireland's number one Roscommon football supporter, but I'll try, Ger. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.